Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast, episode 60, title, How to Market Your Business. Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast. This show is about knowing the legal life cycle of your business. I'm your host, Attorney Kelly Bangler, the Queen of Business Law. You can interact with us on social media and definitely do find us on the web at golegalyourself.com. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Alexandra Renee Polstra. She is the CEO of All Maven, a branding agency. Welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So before we start, do you have an attorney joke you can share with the audience? You know, I know quite a few attorney jokes. They're not really appropriate, so I won't say them here. But I do have one cheesy attorney joke. And uh, it's a police officer and a man. And the police officer says to the man, I'd like to ask you a few questions. And the man replies, I'm not saying a word without my lawyer present. And the police officer says, sir, you are the lawyer. And he goes, exactly. So where's my present? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard that one. (laughs) It's, uh, it's a, it's in that cheesy dad joke category. So, um, you know, that's, that's my uh, appropriate ones that I have all the other ones. You know, people don't really say a lot of nice things about lawyers and jokes, so I I don't think I'd want people to tell those about me. (laughs) You got it. Well, thank you for trying, and we'll we'll accept cheesy jokes on this show also. (laughs) So, Alex, I have been trying to schedule you for this interview. You are such a go-getter. I mean, if somebody was going to look up the definition under the dictionary of go-getter, they would see you there. They would see your name there. Share with the audience, how did you become to be known as the Maven? Okay, so this kind of starts, uh, I'll try to keep the story as short as possible, but a long story, medium short, is that when, uh, when I was growing up, my mom stuck me in a lot of activities to keep me really, really busy. I was a little hyper. Uh, I, I'm, an a, I'm part of the ADHD tribe, as people like to say. So I've got a lot of extra energy and a lot of focus diverted in a lot of areas. And for me, that was actually a blessing because it allowed me to really diversify all the different things that I was doing because I could process information really fast move from one thing to the next thing. And so after utilizing that skill all throughout school and you know hopping here and hopping there and doing all these little different things and really excelling. I was very, very good in school. I graduated as an international baccalaureate candidate, had early acceptance into Texas Christian University. After the whole college experience, I decided I was going to start a business. And, you know, I didn't really know much about starting a business. I come from a family of entrepreneurs, so I knew that it was something that was already in my blood, but I wasn't exactly 100% sure what I was going to do. I had $130,000 worth of college education between three schools. Uh, very different interests. Yes. I said, okay, what am I going to do with all of this? And I said, okay, I'm going to start a business. And the last school that I was at was Brooks Institute, where I studied film and video production, graphic design, visual journalism, web design, and photography, which is a lot. It's quite a, quite a mouthful. So I had all these artsy skills. And then I had all of these business style skills from TCU. So I put all that together to start a business. And the main reason 
I became known as the maven as a maven is like a connoisseur is because I became known as that person who knew a lot about a lot. And mainly because when I started my business, I didn't have any money. I was a single mother. I had just gotten into a car accident. I had no car, I had no job. I was living at home. Uh, I had a baby on the way, you know, my son, it was one month before my son was born and I had to figure out how to start a business with literally nothing. All I had was um, a few thousand dollars worth of uh, settlement money from my car accident. And so I had really didn't have anything. So I literally learned to do everything in my business and digital media was, was just the sweet spot. And so I had to learn a lot about a lot, but I also had to learn to do it extremely well. And so because I had to have that adversity and that experience, I picked up a very wide portfolio and skill set that allows me to really prosper in the market that no one else really can. Most people don't have a business background, a finance background, a film and video production background, a writing background, a web design background, a marketing background, because I really took the time to learn all of those different things because I had to learn them from my business because I couldn't afford to pay anybody for them. So that's how I became the maven of all maven. <laughs> what an incredible story. Usually success stories do begin like that. You, you're scrambling around for pocket change, really, right? I had a guest on the show a couple of episodes ago, and he is now one of the most successful asset management CEO. He owns an asset management company in San Diego. And when he first started out, Alex, he used to eat lunch for $1 at, at uh, McDonald's. Mm. That's all he could afford. Right. So for, for you to really start your journey, your success journey from what majority of the entrepreneurs where they start from is one, they have a passion Two, they have no money. <laughs> so they can't pay anyone, right, to do the work. Common, common thread, right? We're all, we're all starting out broke. I, I feel like it really levels the playing field. It does, doesn't it? Absolutely. But, but you did it. You did it. So right. And, and, the, and what I mean by that is because you literally, like you said, you were pregnant. You, you, you just got into a car accident. You uh, didn't have any money. You're living at home. So what was that one thing that got you up every morning? Because at that stage, many people would just say, you know what, I'm throwing my hands up. I quit. I'm just going to go get a nine to five job. What kept you going? Uh, yeah, one word. Uh, faith. That's that's really it. And, uh, you know, there's a great scripture in the Bible that says with man, things may be impossible but with God. All things are possible. And so for me, it was faith that got me up every single day and getting me out of a really negative space. And even though I had the drive to start a business for me personally, I'm not a quitter. I don't I don't quit. I need somebody has to give me an exit that I can take. Because personally, I just not that person who's like, I can't say that I gave up, wow. right? So for me, I was always a driven person. Most people have described me as there are certain people in the world who they can continually pass on an opportunity because they will either make one themselves or they will, they will always keep going and they will eventually get there. And those people you don't really have to worry about, they're driven. They're always going to be on the ball. It doesn't really matter what's going on in their life or how things are going. If they're driven and they have that drive, they're going to get there. But for me, it was really just being in prayer on a regular basis, asking God, what do I need to do and how do I make it happen? And then most importantly, asking what I really wanted in life, right? And how badly do you want it? And I had no real problems with nine to five jobs. 
for me, it was more of, I need a, a job that's going to give me a lot of flexibility. And entrepreneurship, that's the one thing they tell, right? The freedom, no boss, blah, blah, blah. I said, <laughs> yeah, I said, okay, yeah, I can do this. There's, there's nothing I can't do. A failure is not an option. I never really put that in my mind. So I'm like, okay, this sounds like a really great opportunity. So I want to be able to stay at home with my, with my child. I didn't want to go to work. And that's the case for a lot of women. Usually we have you know, a, a job. Even if we really love our job, a lot of us, when we have a newborn, we want to stay at home with a newborn. Uh, I have three kids now. Uh, my husband and I, we've got a blended family. And so now I'm happy, more happy to be at work some days because raising three kids is a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Three kids, mommy, 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 mommy. Uh, right, so, you know, for me, it's just one of those things where I wanted that freedom. I wanted that flexibility, but I also wanted that financial flexibility. So a lot of people have a gr I could have gotten a great nine to five job. I've been offered great nine to five jobs. I still get offered great nine to five jobs. So I could work and make a good living and not struggle and punch the clock every day. And there's nothing wrong with that. We have, we need those people to make that yes, happen. But that but just it's wasn't not for everyone. Alex. Yeah. It's not for everyone. It isn't. And it definitely wasn't for me. And once I took the entrepreneurial journey, I said, Oh gosh, this is great. I'm never looking back. I know it's hard and I know it's tough but it's it's the choice that i get to make and that's one of one of our company's values one of my values is flexibility i want to have the flexibility to make my own choices and when you own a business regardless if it's going well or it's going crappy you still have the option of making your own choices and i never want to give that up you own at least one of the most successful branding agencies that i'm aware of yeah, and we do awesome stuff here. <laughs> yes, we do. And I can't wait for you to share with the audience what type of stuff you do. But before we get to the success part, right, as an entrepreneur, we all go through hard times. We, we literally do. And I think mm -hmm. what doesn't take you down, literally, it does make you stronger. You learn from the lesson and you keep continuing. But talk to me. Alex, a little bit about some of the struggles that you first encountered when you started your business. So I had a very common struggle for entrepreneurs, and that is focus. And because you, there's always so many things that you want to do, right? So I'm a go-getter. You know, I have, I just mentioned one agency. You know, I'm a, I always say I'm a monsterpreneur because I'm always after another business. I got 17 other businesses. Monster, monsterpreneur? Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, there's that? entrepreneurs. I know, you know, I'm sure someone else has used it, but if the, it's the first time your audience heard on my podcast, yeah, they can say they heard it from me. But I'm a monsterpreneur. And these are the people who one business is just not enough. Yeah. We will get bored and we will move on to something else. So for me, as a monstrepreneur, I always have to have like, you know, a lot of different things going on. But that's really kind of the hard thing is when you first start as an entrepreneur. When I first started my business, I was offering every service under the sun. Everything from building a website to offering a class on how to update things in Microsoft Word. I was spread way too thin. And while diversity is good in a business, it's also not great when you are trying to build really solid revenue streams, you want to diversify a little, not a lot. So that was a really big struggle for me is having focused on what is it that you're selling? Like, what is the key thing that you're selling? And I didn't want to be known for just doing one thing because that's the thing that made me special was that I did a lot of things. You know, most people, you know, there are a jack of all trades and master of nothing, right? But I'm a exactly. jack of all trades 
and a master of many things, right? There's many, many different things. They didn't want to really be known for one of those things. But at the end of the day, the hardest thing was staying focused on one particular avenue. And I would still say today, that's still a little bit of a struggle because I, I like to have a lot of things going on, but I definitely have an awareness of it and have a handle on it. So that was probably the biggest struggle for me as an entrepreneur. I'd probably say the, the second biggest struggle is not to get distracted and not to buy into everything everybody else says. So for me, you know, I really got into a lot of like sales hype, not that I was the person selling it or pitching it, but there were always a lot of people, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and this is really great and you got to participate in this and we love all these different things. And the truth is, is like I said, there are those people who will make opportunity, the, the door builders, right? It doesn't matter if there's a door or not. We will make a door. We will find a way to get the materials Thank to make you. a door if one isn't open. So it doesn't really matter. So for me, that was a big distraction because everybody, the really is a really good sell. This is why I studied marketing, which I like to call the art of manipulation. Some yeah. of it is good. Some of it is bad. I thought that was legal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we fall into the same category, right? Uh, we're always trying to convince people to take a certain action uh, based on what's coming out of our mouths, right? So, you know, it, it's, it's relatively the same. People like us a little bit more, but we're, it's effective, right? Uh, it's effective. Marketing is effective. And so getting bought into some of that stuff, it really got me distracted from what I was doing. And so I learned to tune all that out. You really, as an entrepreneur, you've got to tune a lot of people out. They're going to be naysayers. They're going to be people that? are for you, but how do you tune people out? How do you do that, Alex? Because as far as entrepreneurships go, entrepreneurs themselves, yes, they, again, they start off with passion. They've got heart, you know, they don't have two pennies to rub together, but they're, they're willing to go and, and make it for themselves out there because they believe in themselves. And then at some point they come across naysayers like you just said they all come across naysayers people don't believe in them people will say to them it's already been done why are you doing it there's millions of marketing companies why are you doing it alex how, how did you overcome all of that so in my family i got a lot of positive support for starting business because my like i said i come from a family of entrepreneurs so i never got any uh, negative feedback with that, but from other people saying, well, why are you doing this? Or, you know, okay, why do you choose that field? Or why don't you just get a nine to, nine to five? We've all heard the phrase, you know, never uh, accept no from someone who can't say yes. And then the other question I always ask myself is like, who are you? Like, who are you to me? You don't pay my rent, you don't pay my bills, you don't run my business, you don't have this active piece in my life, you're not an ex necessarily because most of the people you talk to, they're not even in the field. Like you very rarely have another lawyer, like a lawyer doesn't go up to a lawsuit and say, don't be a lawyer. Most don't. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they try to give them some cautionary tales, but you know, most attorneys don't walk into people, all the thousands of people studying to be an attorney and say, why are you going to be an attorney? There's already like 5,000 of us. Right. So you don't, you don't ever even get that feedback from the people in your field. It's always people who are not in your field. It's like, you don't know anything about this field. Exactly. You've never done it. You've never tried it. Why am I even listening to you? And I, I think we place too much value on what other people think all the time about everything when they really don't deserve it. it they don't deserve that. They don't own your life. They don't control your life. They're not your source. For me, God is my source. And I'm like, 
you're never going to rise to the occasion to be able to tell me what I can and cannot do. Because exactly. if I've got a dream on my heart that's been laid there by a higher authority, it's happening. And who are you to step in my way? So people have to really be confident in themselves and confident in their identity to be able to stop people from being able to do that. And they really just have to question, ask the question. Most people don't ask the question, who are you? And I do that every day in my life, whether it's business, whether it's marketing, whether it's parenting, whether it's the school. If somebody's trying to tell me how something is going to go, I'm always evaluating who is that person and what right and authority do you have to tell me this? You know, Police officers have the authority to enforce the law. Lawyers have authority to enforce the law. You know, the person at the checker stand can decide if they take your coupon or not. Right. But, you know, everybody has their their protocol. And so for me, it's always making sure you evaluate who it is you're talking to and don't spend time around people that aren't giving you wise counsel. So there are some people who have been there before and they're trying to advise you like, hey, this is a really bad idea. Right. And they're doing it out of love and they're doing it out of, you know, potentially experience. But that is not the average person. Most people are just like, that's really hard. And they think because they couldn't do it, they tend to project. People are always projecting their feelings onto someone else. And it gets really old and it gets really tiring. And not everybody's like you. God only made one you. So why why try to be like everybody else? I think this is the biggest piece of advice you can give to my listeners. The, the biggest. When I was in college, undergrad, I decided to take a law class just general law. And I wasn't doing too well. I've never really admitted this to anyone, right? But now I'm admitting it to the world because the world actually listens to the podcast. It's a great podcast. (laughs) Thank you. And I went to uh, my my professor, basically, my counselor at college. He said, um, he calls me and then he goes, oh, what is it that you want to do, Kelly? I said, well, I want to be a lawyer right? I've always wanted to be a lawyer, Alex, ever since I was five years old. I want to be a lawyer. And that was it. I didn't have a second and third and fourth plan to fall back on. And my counselor looks at my grade in that one class and he goes, well, you know, maybe you should do a liberal arts degree. Maybe you should do something else. Now, if I had listened to this counselor, and he's, he's at this college counseling students, impressionable minds. If I had listened to this counselor, I would never have graduated from law school, Mm -hmm. got a master's in law, went to work for one of the largest international law firms in the world, Alex, opened my own law firm, 10 years strong. Yay! Yeah, congratulations. There's a long list of other wonderful things. I mean, I I know you pretty well and I can... (laughs) Name off a list of wonderful accomplishments you have. You can go with the books. We can go with the toy companies. We can go all down the road. And this would never have happened. If I had listened to this counselor, it would never have happened. So that's some brilliant advice that you've just given entrepreneurs. Don't just listen to anyone, right? Yeah. You need confidence. You need, if you're going to go out and become an entrepreneur, you need to own what you, who you are, what you're saying, what you're going to do. Exactly. Perfect advice. Perfect. Yeah. It happened to me in school. That happened to me. A teacher told me because I had D's in her classes and I was not uh, very effective. It was not one of my favorite subjects. And she looked at me and she said, 
you know, because you have these grades, no four-year university is going to accept you. You know, I got early acceptance into Texas Christian University, and I got into their their Frog AIDS program. And while everybody was sitting around waiting for those acceptance letters, I had admissions officers already reaching out to me. So when everybody's going and doing their stuff, all I had to essentially do was make sure I maintained, mm-hmm. and, and I was already in in school. And so I just, you know, for people, not just for entrepreneurs listening to naysayers, if you're an individual yourself, don't say things to that people. You are not the college admissions officer. You don't know what the plan is for that person's life. And so don't go around telling people what they can and can't do when you have no control over what they can and can't well, do. Exactly. Because we've got plenty of people in this life. We've got all the success stories, Michael Jordan, Oprah, everybody else. And all those people told them, oh, you can't do this. And now those Steve people are Jobs. incredibly successful. Right? Alex, so why Steve listen to those Jobs, people? Right? Steve Jobs, he never, he never completed college. Nope. He never completed college. So yes, you're absolutely right. People, they necessarily do not know. They don't know your ability and they shouldn't be saying, you cannot do this. Anytime I hear those words, you cannot do this. I I don't listen to them. I, you know, that's a good I, way I to turn off a Texan. I spent two years in Texas. So yeah. if, you, if you want to get a Texan to do something, just tell them they can't do it. And then it's going to get done. <laughs> Fantastic. Alex, you're also known as the crazy boss lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, well, I am a lady and I am a boss <laughs> and I'm a little crazy uh, in a good way. In a great way. Because I, I still, I have a lot of that creative entrepreneurial juice, you know, those creative types, as I like to say. So that's the crazy part is that, mm-hmm. you know, those creative types who are like all over the place and let's do this and we dream big and we kind of run around doing a lot of different things and uh we like to fly by the seat of our pants so that's quite actually my strong suit is flying by the seat of my pants that's when i'm my best is when i'm off the cuff that really caters to my personality i'm not a planner Uh, i do spend time planning certain things but for the most part i like to be like hey guys let's do this let's get it done let's pull it all together and i've had that's when where my greatest success has really been is really catering to my particular personality and embracing every aspect of me. And instead of letting areas where people may consider those crazy or consider a weakness, embracing them and figuring out how do I work around them. So there are a lot of people that have a lot of different struggles and we all have our own individual needs. And so what I tell people, if they feel like they can't do something or they're beating their head against the wall, trying to do something over and over and over again, make an accommodation, not an excuse, right? Yeah. Make an accommodation, not an excuse. And so that for me is kind of the way to kind of push past a lot of the craziness and uh, some of the crazy that people may experience because I have very high energy, very bubbly. I love to run around, do a lot of crazy stuff. And I just, for me, it's just, I really am that person. Like sky's the limit. There's nothing that I don't believe I can't do. I know the only thing that will keep me from getting in the way of where I want to go is me. And that's exactly where my greatest struggle is. It's not necessarily making more money or finding the right people or getting the right business model. I am my own worst enemy and that's pretty, that's pretty much it. So I just have to remember to make an accommodation for myself, not make an excuse, embrace every part of my identity and all of the crazy and use it to my advantage. You know, my grandma's like, use what the good Lord gave you, baby. And that's that's what I'm doing. The title of our interview, Alex, is how to market your business. 
there are millions and millions of small business owners in the US alone. And how does one business stand out from the rest, right? So why don't you show us, uh, take us through an example of, let's say, a company that is three years old and they are, they're selling, I don't know, they're, they're selling dog leashes, right? Mm -hmm. And they come to you and say, Alex, and, and we all know marketing is extremely important for any mm -hmm. business that's out there. Marketing, 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 right? So walk me through this scenario so the audience understands exactly what you can do for them. A company that's three years old selling dog leashes and they're coming to you and they're saying, Alex, we need some help. Our sales are not uh, where they're supposed to be. So the first thing I would ask that company is what is your brand? Gosh, this is probably the, the number one thing that is missed so often that is critically important that is a make or break deal, right? Branding. So a lot of people are focused on marketing, which is true because if you do not have good marketing, then it is really, 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 really difficult to build a business. But if you have exceptional branding, that process is so much easier. Additionally, it makes your marketing cost go down. So the first thing a company needs to focus on is really good branding. And a lot of people feel like the brand is the logo and the colors and you know all these kind of different things, but your brand is really what people say about you when you're not in the room. It's your unique value proposition. It's your why, it's your values, it's your belief system. It's, as I like to say, how you say hello. We all have an option to be friends with a lot of different people in this world, right? So why have multiple different friends? Because there's all there's different things that you like about them, right? They all have different personalities and your brand is like a personality. So what makes your personality engaging for someone? And unless people really understand that, they're always going to be missing a piece of their business. They're always going to be leaving sales on the table because it's my own personal brand that really built my business because we literally spent very little money on marketing to begin with. We were busy selling marketing, but our company really spent very little on marketing itself. It was my infectious, bubbly, unique personality and product offering that really drew people in, that got people to talk about me, that said, oh, go, go, go see that girl at All Maven. Go see that Maven girl. Ask Alex, right? Just ask Alex. And so, you know, I didn't, at this point in time, I didn't really have all of the unique characteristics that maybe a large scale multi-million dollar agency would have, but I had a very unique brand. My, I, I embraced all of my personality and that was a selling point for me. And a lot of businesses don't really do that. We get stuck in this corporate professional box and we don't really let our personality shine through our business because a lot of us have been told you got to be professional. You got to have an office. It has to look like this. And businesses come in so many different shapes, sizes, and forms now that we really just have to focus on bringing out our unique personality traits and our unique brand to the business. So that is the absolute number one thing that your business needs to do. Can you be successful without good branding? Yes, there are absolute straightforward proven mechanisms and methods to build a business without having a brand. I can tell you, talk to you about that e-commerce online marketing. They are very specific. If you do X, Y, and Z, you will make money, but then there's going to be all of these struggles along the way. If you want to have a business that lasts and builds long-term value, you need to absolutely have 
a very, very solid brand. That is the number one thing a, a but, business. But can you do. can help companies actually create a brand. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. that is our, our biggest focus. We are, we are known a lot for web design. We do a lot of really beautifully designed websites. So people usually are coming to us by way of web design, but branding is really kind of our, our shiny piece. It's just, I think because web design, when we redo a website, there's almost an immediate return on investment. And so they see that and people like money and that's who we're good business. We, our clients make money when we do the work. So that keeps us in business, but branding is really what sets a business apart. So if you don't have a good brand, you are uh, leaving a lot of money on the table and then also potentially just you know, not giving your business the avenue to really succeed. Why buy from, why Pe Pepsi or Coke, right? They both sell essentially soda, right? right? Pepsi or Coke. So why do people buy Coke versus Pepsi? The taste is similar and 90% of people who go to a restaurant, if the person says, what do you want to drink? And they'll say, I have Coke. And they'll say, well, we have Pepsi. The person usually says, okay. okay. They, don't, they don't care, right? right? Now, some people are like, oh, you know what? I'm going to have a Dr. Pepper then, right? There's some people that are like that. But for the most part, they'll just say, okay, whatever. So if you don't have a unique product, right, what will set you apart? Just remember, almost anybody can replicate a product. Somebody can make a better car, a better dog leash, a, a, a better building, a better design. There will always be someone else for the most part, right? Until you get to the very, very top, which is, it's lonely at the top, right? But there will be always someone else, essentially, who can give someone else that same product or service. So why should they get it from you? I think about lawyers and I think about real estate agents because those are in quite a, you know, plethora. And I always ask, I said, oh my, I have great real estate agent friends. I have tons of them. So why should I buy from this one versus this, this one? Both of you guys are good at your job. Both of you guys are nice. Both of you guys are going to do your best for me right? You're all going to have great customer service, but why should I buy from you versus you? And as a business owner, if you can't answer that question, then you're already off the mark. And don't think that good customer service and attention to detail and good products are the staple of your business. You need those things. Those are standard. Those will not make you exceptional. It's all about the branding. I could not agree with you more. I really couldn't. And my favorite quote is, why blend in when you were born to stand out? Absolutely. I think I mentioned that multiple times on the show. I've even written it in my book, but that's exactly how I truly feel. And I believe that. And if you don't have a brand for your company, how are your customers going to know who you are? How, are they, how, how are they going to say, well, that product belongs to so-and-so, but I don't know what this product, who this product belongs to, but this product is much better than the, the other one. So mm -hmm. branding, branding, branding. Absolutely. After you've created, and, and that was a perfect uh, example of what the brand, part of the brand should be. If you cannot explain to me why I should buy from you, you shouldn't be in business, right? Exactly. exactly. Right. From branding, so creating an actual brand, what other assets if you will do you bring to the table that creates a beautiful brand for a company you mentioned websites yeah so yeah brand assets as, as you accurately described right all of those things your logo your colors all this stuff those are all brand assets they are things that represent your brand but they are not your brand and your website is one critical piece that we do bring to the table because we use your website to tell your brand story 
to give your brand message, right? So your website is a great place to exemplify that. So under, under our umbrella in terms of brand assets, you're going to find web design, you're going to find logo design, you're going to find email marketing, you're going to find social media marketing, event marketing. There's really not an area that we don't touch except for pay-per-click. Uh, it's one of the areas where I'm the only staff member that knows how to do PPC well. And I absolutely hate it because it's a tedious job and you have to, if you want to do it well, you need to be watching it regularly and doing a lot of analysis. Right. And that is not something I like to do. So we have two companies that we actually work with. If they, if we have a client, they're like, Oh, I want to, if they're ready to do pay-per-click, the vast majority of clients are not ready to do pay-per-click. And quite frankly, you don't have to do pay-per-click to really be successful or to really drive sales. There's so many other avenues. But if you do want to do PPC, we have two companies we work with. And the other thing that we love to do is, is video. I have an awesome videographer that's helped my clients do a lot of amazing projects. So you can find us doing video, video marketing. As I mentioned before, I went to Brooks Institute. So I studied film and video production. So I have a very unique perspective about video, and which is why it took me a long time to uh, find the videographer that I've worked with. I've worked with him for several years because he actually has a film background. And what you'll find is most videographers have a photography background, they have a corporate background, and they use a lot of promos and things like that. But you'll always get a little something extra if you get someone who has a film background, specifically a cinematic studio background in, in video to do your marketing for you because they bring a little, a little extra to the table because they're versed in storytelling, right. uh, really well versed in storytelling naturally. So you'll find people video. Don't, people yeah. don't need anymore, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, don't. and they I always watch the video. Yeah, and there's a lot of different marketing channels that you can use. And I always say, you know, you don't have to do them all. Just do the ones, first of all, that you, that you want to. Do the ones that cater best to your brand and personality. So most people, entrepreneurs, they only have so many time. If you're like me, you know, you're one person, right? One person. So you can't do everything, even though I tried. I learned to do everything well, but I cannot do everything at the same time well. That yeah. is not something I can do. I can do everything well, but I cannot do everything well at the same time. At the same time. <laughs> right? So as an entrepreneur, you need to understand, unless you hire people to do it, you right. cannot do everything well at the same time. So pick the marketing strategy one that you're most passionate about. Pick the marketing strategy that you can actually execute on and pick the marketing strategy that you know you can stay committed to. So a lot of entrepreneurs and also marketers miss this one right? They tell people, okay, you need video, you need social media, you need this, you need that. And they don't consider what type of entrepreneur exactly. the person is. Exactly. And so it's just completely missing from the picture. It's like literally not discussed about it. Now there's some really high level marketers that will talk about this. There are marketers that are going to talk about the psychology of marketing and the psychology of being an entrepreneur. And those people will tailor that in. But the average marketer, even at a high level agency, is usually not discussing with the entrepreneur what type of person you are. What time do you get up in the morning? Where do you struggle? What can you not do? If somebody had come to me early on, and I wish somebody had, and said, hey, Alex, you're a very particular personality type. You're a Gemini, you're high energy. I like to do a lot of Yeah, Gemini's birthday. Gemini's are, are known to be very successful. People. Yes, so, when's your birthday? June 10th. Mine's June 16th. Yeah. <laughs> it's June babies. 
No wonder we get along so great. Yeah. Uh, Geminis, we're we're go-getters. You will find those go-getters tend to be Geminis. Now, I'm not into all that astrology and whatnot because I'm always like, yeah, if God said I'm going to do it, that's what's going to happen. But I always find those things kind of funny and interesting. But nobody told me really how to market with my personality type, right? So if if you hire an agency, they're going to do it. So they can do whatever you tell them to do. You can tell them I want to pay for email marketing and video and blah, blah, blah. But most entrepreneurs, they can't do that. They're usually doing it on their own. And so you need to actually pick the marketing strategy that works for your personality type. So for me, being a last minute Louie, a procrastinator, a high energy runner on the person, video marketing or like going live a lot or doing live webinars or live classes or is a great marketing strategy for me because I can pull it together extremely quickly. It, it requires for me little to no planning and I can get it out quickly. So those are really great things for me. Things like email marketing, even though I do it exceptionally well for other clients because I have staff, right? Email marketing is one of my least favorite marketing tactics because there is a certain amount of consistency that is involved with email marketing that I don't like because it doesn't cater to my personality. So that's not the one I focus on. And you know what? The marketing that's best for my personality is where I get the most leads and generate the most money, right? So people don't really think about that, but think about the type of entrepreneur that you are so that you can pick the marketing that is going to work well for you. Because every marketer, you'll find a marketer at the top who is only utilizing one strategy for all of their business for the most part. It could be video, it could be social media, it could be email. I will find you a guru in every category that is making more than $5 million and they will swear by their particular strategy. And then I will find another guru in a completely different category that will tell you that that guru strategy is poop and that you should do their strategy, right? It's all about the type of person you are, the personality type you have and what you're actually capable of doing. So you have to do that. Alex, you have shared some exceptional advice, absolutely exceptional. And I think that entrepreneurs don't think like that when they first start out, right? They're they're thinking about making their first sale. That's all they're focused on. But that first sale really has to have some sort of forethought behind it. Like you said, how are you going to represent yourself, your brand, your reputation? Because that's what's on the line. Plus, you have to pick a strategy that's going to work for you to bring out your personal. People do business with people they like, right? It's yeah. not necessarily the products. People will buy from you because, oh, my God, Alex has such an incredible personality. It's <laughs> infectious. You know, I love her. I'm going that's to how I sold. I, I sold, go. yeah. Yeah, right. I sold 90% of my business sales, like for the almost the entire time we've been in business, came from people being attracted to how I work with them, how I yeah. explain things, my personality. Yeah. The vast majority of the websites were sold without someone ever seeing a website that I even designed. I could have been a really crappy designer and they wouldn't even know. It wasn't until they actually had to sign that contract for thousands of dollars for a website build that they actually say, can you send me some samples? And I'm like, you waited all the way to sign your contract to ask. And then I send them some samples and then like, okay, it's fine. So they felt like they've done diligence. Yes, the vast majority of projects, people really, it's that trust factor that's built. It's referrals yep. and it's how I present 
myself. Now, I'm I, first of all, for me, I wouldn't buy things like that because I think that's what I, I don't buy that way. I'm like, oh, yeah, I just believe in what you say. It's all fine. I immediately do not believe what you're trying to say. Right. That's my personality. I'm like, no, that's really show me the fine print. Yeah. But most people have purchased from me really based on just what's coming out of my mouth and how I present it. Now, fortunately, I haven't had to you know, go through all these instances of letting people down and having poor products and whatnot, thank goodness. But you know, that really could have been an outcome. And so as entrepreneurs, while I have sold based on personality and, and confidence and all of that, you know, as a buyer and as an, as an entrepreneur and as someone going out there, do your research because you never know what's lurking behind those doors. But absolutely, I grew my business not based on my portfolio. We didn't even put our portfolio online until like a year and a half ago. Like people could never see, couldn't even see our work unless we sent it to them, mainly because I'm a procrastinator and I'd never got to finishing certain aspects of my website. I got so busy helping others. I wasn't helping myself. And so we didn't even have our portfolio online. People couldn't even see it. And we got so many calls and referrals based on people hearing, presenting, or even going to our website and reading about our brand. Our about page was a huge seller for our business. They said, I love what you believe. I love how you believe in business. I love what you represent. And that's why people come to us, not based on a portfolio. I'm not the best designer. I'm not the worst designer. There's a thousand designers out there, but I am someone who's going to partner with you and consider way more factors than the average marketer is going to consider. And that's one of the things that makes us really unique. Of course. Alex, I wish I had another three hours because <laughs> I could talk to you and pick your brain over and over again. You have really, really shared some incredible information where people, entrepreneurs can take it to heart, right? And start implementing exactly the advice that you gave us. Uh, we are running short on time. Unfortunately, uh, and I know I'm going to get some calls and feedback to say, get Alex back on the show. <laughs> and I promise you, Alex, we will have you back on the show. We will I'm always be. happy to be here. Thank you so much for your time today, Alex. I'm glad I will see you again very, very soon. Keep shaking it up in the legal world. And uh, if you need to find me, uh, just uh, find the maven. Perfect. I was just going to ask you, we're going to include all of your information on our show notes, but if the audience wants to get in touch with you, what's the easiest way? Uh, easiest way, contact me, is to visit our agency website, allmaven.agency. You can also literally find me, the maven of all maven, by going to findthemaven.com. Or if you just type in hashtag findthemaven in Google, I will also pop up uh, quite easily. So when you need a maven and you need to find me, just ask Google to find the maven. And, that's uh, fantastic. That's, that's Thank you, catch you again. Thank You're you welcome. again, Alex. And, Audience, please, please make sure you do download our app from your app stores. It is completely free and you do get a copy of my best-selling book along with that. Uh, search for Go Legal Yourself and you can listen to all of our previous shows from your app. Uh, you can contact us directly, leave any comments and we'll make sure to answer your questions on the air as well. And remember, the only way you become successful is if you make today the day you go legal yourself. I am attorney Kelly Bangler, the queen of business law, and it's been my pleasure being your host today. Until next time, cheers to your success. Mm -hmm.